Hello and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. My name is Mayo Best and I'm a business consultant and coach as well as the founder of the Blitz Business Development Academy. This is a show that provides guidance, resources, and access to best practices to help you advertise, manage, and build geometric profits. From freelancers and home-based business owners to startups and storefronts, you will learn how to start small as you think and grow big. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. I am your host, Mayo Best, and today our topic is going to be why do you need to develop an exit strategy for your business? Now, this is a topic that typically you don't really learn too much about or even hear of until you're ready to sell your business, and that's usually not something that takes place for maybe five to six to 10 or 20 years after you start your business. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why is this so important to talk about now? You know, if we are just getting started for our business or we've just been in business for a couple of years. Well, here's why. When you understand a little bit about the valuations of your company and how to get a stronger valuation, meaning you can sell your company at a higher multiple, it becomes critical that you have certain practices in place anywhere from two to five years before you're actually going to sell it. Now, the sales cycles for a business these days can actually be a lot shorter than it used to be 10 or 15 years ago. But that's all the more reason why you want to actually start learning this as soon as possible. So with that said, to close out, guys, I have someone phenomenal to discuss this with you. He is an expert, and this show is going to be worth its weight and gold. So without further ado, let's check it out. George Scott, CEO of BCS LLC, provides practical solutions to help business owners fix, grow, or sell their businesses. George offers his clients a wide variety of skills, ranging from financial restructuring, leadership development, marketing plan development, and implementation, sales basics, sales management training, and business brokerage services. He has decades of experience and published countless business articles along the way. He also holds an MBA and is a past adjunct college professor of advanced business course. All right, folks, and now we are here with the man that I've been looking to talk to for quite some time now. We are now on the 14th, I believe, episode, and it's taken 14 episodes to get to him. But I saved him for last because of what he actually does. Now, this is actually critical to understand what you need to do when you start your business along the lines of having an exit strategy. Well, the thing about this is as much as it should be on your mind, the reality is you still need somebody like George to help you actually do this because you honestly don't have a point of reference as to what you need to do to exit your business. So, We have him here today, folks, so we're going to basically do everything we can to do, as I always say, grab your pen, get your paper, get your bag so we can catch these gems. Now, George is going to basically share and open up his bag of tricks and secrets for us. And with that said, without further ado, welcome to the show, George. Well, Mayo, thank you very much. And thank you for the kind introduction. Happy to be here. And hopefully some of the things I share, uh, some Buddy, along the way, will find it to be helpful. Absolutely, they will. So let's start where we always start, which is to find out a little bit about you, sir. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from New England, 
by way of New York State for 30 years and been here in Michigan for uh, 11 years. So what was it like growing up in New England? Cold. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a... Based on where things uh, took me uh, not too long after high school, I was uh, working mm-hmm. and on the road and took me throughout all of New England. Mm-hmm. But, well, one of the things I discovered, no matter where it was that I was living and or working at the time, is that people are people are people. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is we're, we're essentially all the same. And... I have, I like acronyms. One of them is GDP in describing others. That stands for good and decent people. Mm. And in my opinion, one of the things, be it uh, my childhood or the many uh, years I lived in Rochester, New York, and now it's Mm -hmm. a decade here in Michigan, Mm -hmm. is the overwhelming majority of people are good and decent people. Mm. Mm. Uh, And that same type of a thing in my opinion, applies for business owners. Uh, you know, if you have your local store, when I was younger, we used to go down to the corner store to buy bubble gum and all types of candy and uh, et cetera that uh, was okay to uh, consume back in the day. Uh, but actually, it's uh, business owners uh, need to know the market, need to know the competitors. It, it's it, there, There's a uh, well, similarity to driving abilities, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that driving abilities are applicable. Doesn't matter if you're driving on the right side of the road, the left side of the road, the, the brand of the vehicle that you're driving, the size of the vehicle that you're driving. Mm-hmm. The main driving abilities are the same, and people, in my opinion, are essentially the same. Right, quirks right. notwithstanding, uh, but uh, essentially the same, and they're putting in. A good day's work for a good day's pay, and particularly business owners, uh, more than a good day's work uh, for a good day's pay. Right. And it's been interesting. It continues to be interesting. That's one thing that helps me put my feet on the floor every morning and do what I can to help people succeed. Absolutely. So, George, what was it that you say in your childhood that are some either some traits, some some uh, characteristics or some values even that you would say now still influences the work that you do with business owners now? Well, uh, my parents were, uh, they, they both have passed, but uh, were good and decent people. Mm-hmm. And, and I must say that just because I'm their son, it's because uh, they're very uh, faith-based, mm-hmm. very conscious of doing the right thing mm-hmm. at the right time for the right mm-hmm. reasons. And uh, in terms of how I can help business owners, uh, there's a couple of axioms that I actually try to apply to all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is, above all else, be fair. Right. And another one is always show respect. Mm. Always. And uh, in dealing with business owners, uh, those both need to apply because somebody may be trying their hardest to accomplish something within their business. 
and it may be outside their scope of specialized knowledge mm-hmm. and ability, and that's where we may be able to uh, provide a helping hand to them uh, and help them achieve some of the business goals that they seek to achieve. Hmm. Okay. And, and at what point, George, do you think that you knew that you wanted to pursue what you're doing now? I'd say that uh, probably occurred in uh, 1983. I was always attracted to business. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, if I went into the store, see how things were laid out, I'd observe how people were, customers were handled. Mm-hmm. And that uh, just, okay, it, it's kind of interesting. And in 1983, a career, significant career change is when I started as a business broker. I now do both. I'm a business consultant and a business broker uh, with an emphasis now on business consulting. But it it is uh, the fact that there's so many people trying so hard to make a success of their business and there might be something that I can do or end or say that may help them. I'm I'm always happy to help in ways that I can. Mm -hmm clients and uh in all other aspects of my life as well so george for for those of of um of us that don't know what exactly does a business broker do business broker is the professional intermediary intermediary uh easy for others to say uh that uh functions as the go-between between the owner and, uh, current owner and future owner uh, of a particular business. As an inter- as a professional intermediary, uh, we offer a buffer. Mm-hmm. We offer uh, a vetting mechanism. Mm-hmm. There's times where business owners are so wrapped up in the daily operations of the business that they don't realize. There's, they got something, they have a tiger by the tail, possibly, mm-hmm. or that tiger is about, about to bite their hand off, figuratively <laughs> right. speaking. Right. So uh, it, it's we, we provide the objectivity that is needed for that type of transaction because people being people, emotions often surface mm-hmm. just when they shouldn't. Hmm. We, we can help keep those emotions down and uh, uh, if, if somebody needs to vent they can bet on us it doesn't alienate the other side of the transaction mm-hmm. and uh, we help them keep moving forward now how did you make the transition from business broker to business consultant and what's the difference between the two For uh, 10 years, I was just a business broker. Mm-hmm. And people would come into us, and uh, sometimes they'd say, George, I have to sell my business. Mm-hmm. We'd always ask, why are you saying that? Well, uh, in one case, it was uh, a doctor t- told the business owner, because of the stresses of the business, if he didn't sell the business, the business was going to kill him. Uh, that, that's a direct quote. That's yeah. only one case over the many years of that having been said. 
But uh, sometimes it was because uh, going back to being tied up in the day-to-day operations of the business and something isn't going right and they're so wrapped up in the daily operations that they haven't been able to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Right. Oh, so then we did some of the primary activity back then was business brokerage. Secondary activity was business consulting. So uh, one thing just kind of led to another. And if I felt that there was a greater need for people just fixing, tweaking the little this or the little thing of that in their business uh, to make it a happy type of situation that they look forward to getting up in the morning and going into their place of business, which now often is a person's dining room table, den, cellar, whatever it is, given like the past two years. Mm -hmm. But uh, it it is really, uh, and your question about what the difference between the two is, a business consultant can help uh, a business owner keep their business intact under that current owner's ownership Mm -hmm. and and help them fix what needs to be fixed. Or uh, our tagline is providing uh, practical solutions to help business owners fix, grow, or sell their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, one client for over three years, which was helping to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a number of other cases, it's helping to fix or helping to sell. So uh, business ownership remains the same when I function as a business consultant. Mm-hmm. Business ownership changes when I function as a business. And in the broker position, are you saying the reason why it changes? Because at that point, is it because you're helping them in a different capacity? To, I guess they may package up their business so it can be sold. Or are you actually on the other side of the deal when you're purchasing the business and evaluating? The, uh, actually, it, it can be it's kind of evolved uh, to where it's now uh preparing the business for sale, mm-hmm. which they should start at least two years before they put the business up for sale. Mm. And I can explain uh, more details about that in a moment. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, the, the function actually changes because in working with a business owner, uh, and if there may be business owners, it depends on the situation, mm-hmm. uh, that they... <clears throat> pardon me, remain the owner and just fix what it is and that they really don't want to sell, but they thought that they may have wanted to sell because they couldn't see any other options. Mm, Okay. Uh, Given the objectivity that we provide, uh, we can often share with them uh, opportunities, concepts, et cetera, that they may be applicable to their particular business. Uh, we try to uh, help the business owners as consultant uh, on with the business of business. Mm. What is meant by the business of business? A business owner may be a brilliant genius when it comes to inventing a new widget mm-hmm. or creating a new service. Okay. But that's where their specialized knowledge ends. 
right. and, and, which is not negative. It just <laughs> it, it is uh, right. that. So there, uh, helping him either start the business or keep bringing the business that they've already started as a sustainable and profitable business. That's where we can help. Gotcha. Okay. I want to take a little step back here. Um, George, what is it about this work that really inspires you? Why do you do this? To help others realize their business objectives. In some cases, it's turning, helping them turn their business dreams into reality. Okay. It's, it's helping them in ways that I can to accomplish the goals that they've set for themselves. Okay. Now, I know you've been doing this for a while. Now, I'm curious, what is it about your background? Is it your education, um, certifications? What is it that you have done that equips you to be able to do what you're doing now outside of just your experience? Well, uh, one of the things that's been certainly educational is seeing the insides uh, operationally and financially of a wide variety of businesses over a wide area of geography. Mm. Uh, I did, after the age of 50, earn an MBA. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, I was an adjunct professor of advanced business courses from uh, 2011 to 2018. Now, I've also have been uh, published in a number of business publications uh, mm-hmm. across two states, and I believe the number of publications now probably reaches uh, close to a dozen. More recently, and as of this week, uh, the Small Business Association of Michigan has a bi-monthly publication called Focus, and an article called uh, relatable professionalism was published in that most recent article, and I was a, uh, had the pleasure of being a co-author of that article. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the the number of people that have allowed me to help them in ways that I could uh, gave me insight. Have I done everything right? Is it, has my advice been spot on every single time? Well, I'd like to think it, as uh, I've my hair has lightened and, and disappeared uh, that it's more of uh, I've learned as I've gone through many experiences uh, on my own and in particular as it relates to business uh, consulting business brokering involving others uh, mm-hmm. so that it, it is uh, the insights that I have are uh very helpful. Uh, everything that I share with business owners is based on time-worn principles, concepts, and techniques. Okay. So you got a good rounded combination of experience and education that's backing you. Okay. Definitely great answer to that. Now, you mentioned your articles, and actually I did read over some of your articles. And one thing I noticed was in, um I thought it was an interesting sort of through line was that regardless if the person was selling or buying, you definitely place place a lot of emphasis on attitude. 
And I, I, that's almost how you start off every article is that it starts up in the head first, uh, for lack of a better term. Can you talk a little bit about why you feel as though that's so important? I, I'd say the importance of attitude is not only in the operating of a business or buying or selling of a business, but applies to life in general. Mm-hmm. I think we all know people who, who can walk into a room and they literally brighten the mood, lighten the mood and brighten the room, uh, and they haven't said word one yet. Mm. Conversely, there's other people who walk into the room and all of a sudden, you know, it's a great big downing. Mm. Uh, so there's certain realities as it applies to uh, selling a business and buying a business, certain realities are from the seller side, uh, one of which is... The business value is going to be determined by the market within which they operate. Mm. I had one business owner come to me who who operated uh, a very well-known, well-liked, highly popular, highly successful restaurant uh, back in in New York State that came to us because at that time we were market-leading business brokers. Uh, and so my question is to get a feel for where they're at attitudinally. Mm-hmm. What do you feel your, your business is worth? Mm-hmm. A way of valuing businesses that some people like to use is a multiple of revenues. That doesn't work. Mm. You can do a million dollars in in incoming revenue and still lose money. Right. You can do five hundred thousand dollars. And walk home with a hundred grand. You could. It, it, it depends on how the business is operated. Mm. So that uh, how the business is operated is uh, a great determinant factor of the total perceived value of the business. Mm. So that uh, if there's a, if they understand that the business is going to be sold at a price that is market tolerable, mm-hmm. then their attitude is in the right place. Hmm. If uh, if they can't accept that, then they need to close down, which uh, locally a business just did that. Hmm. Highly successful, but they weren't getting their price. They closed down. It, hmm. it it goes against every rule in the, the buying and selling of business, in my opinion. You know so, what's what's it's interesting about this is I read somewhere one time that it said that eighty percent of businesses that basically survive, I think off of off, let me say ten to twenty years, um, is the typical lifespan, or at least it used to be. But it said eighty to eighty percent of those businesses are not able to actually sell their businesses. They end up actually either just closing or selling for less or just literally just going out of business, which I think is interesting because on the front end of this spectrum, the numbers are almost close to the same in terms of success rate for the businesses that, when they first start, you've got like a, I think it's like 60% chance of surviving your first year. 
And then that number slowly and steadily starts to decrease the longer you're in business. And it's crazy that it's almost like the whole thing flips when you get to the end and now you can't sell. I think it's kind of interesting, but the reason why I brought that up is because I'm a little curious. It's like what you don't hear of is what you're talking about right now. You don't hear of these things earlier in the process of you developing your business or starting your business. Because it seems to me if more of, of more if more business owners were able to start their businesses off knowing what they need to do structurally, operation-wise, to structure their business the right way from day one, then you would have much more of a better chance, probably, of even actually surviving those first couple of years, yet alone being able to sell in the end. What do you think about that? I agree with what you just said. Uh, That uh, I I think may have mentioned a little while ago that for a business owner to sell a business, they should start considering the steps that they're going to take to prepare the business for sale at least two years before they actually put the business up for sale. Hmm. One might counter that and say, well, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm going to sell the business until I have to. Ah, if you're <laughs> selling your business because you have to, the purchase price is going to, and total value of the purchase hmm. package is going to go down. Right. Uh, so that it, it's, it, it's, as you mentioned earlier on, having an exit strategy. Right. Oh, the uh, you brought up one scenario why some businesses there's nothing to sell, uh, then other businesses sell for you know a, a, even higher than right. in some cases. It depends on centralization. Mm-hmm. If a person is a solopreneur, they're in business by themselves, maybe with some strategic alliance partnerships with others who have specialized knowledge in areas that that main uh, consultant does not, uh, that there's the relationships that exist, exist because of that person. So it's where a business has employees that can carry, can run the business effectively and profitably Mm -hmm. without the business owner being there on site all the time. So if, if there's, you know, Say somebody's a solopreneur. Well, if they want to have something of greater value uh, to sell, they need to bring on one, two, three, four people uh, as as circumstances allow so that it's a decentralized uh, style of operation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then as you uh, say, you brought up with it, it's a, the statistics kind of reverse themselves compared to startup uh, level of, of success or rate of success is that uh, many times because people have, well, it's essentially ego gets in the way mm. uh, because they're very successful at being that genius for inventing the new widget or creating the new service. Mm. that the eagle says, well, since you're great in that area, you're you're great in all areas. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the case. Which is not a a negative, it's just an acceptance of reality. 
Right. You know, right. If somebody uh, wanted me to uh, help them do something that required uh, well-qualified carpentry. Mm-hmm. I know the difference between a saw and a hammer and a nail and a wrench. Uh, but uh, if you talk to somebody named Scott, they want to go to my son. Uh, and, and that's where some of his strength lies. Mm-hmm. He can take twigs and end up building your house. I don't know. How it is. <laughs> but it, it's uh, people will kind of goes back to the attitude, uh, accepting their own reality. What are what's their core competency or competencies, as the case may be, that uh, if they and they do a strengths and weakness analysis on themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I would say ask three to five other people whose value, whose opinion they value, mm-hmm. uh, to do likewise, and for the, these other three to five people to be just straightforward, not not meaning to be harmful. Uh, but just straightforward, uh, that, okay, uh, here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Well, you find, you, you establish relationships with people or you hire people to fill in the areas where you are weak right. uh, and focus to, on the areas that you have uh, greater specialized knowledge and capacity. So, so, George, if you could sum up in one sentence why you think in your experience, the lion's share of businesses fail. What would that be? Well, I, again, I can say that in one word. Okay. Ego. Mm. And, and that's why you... <laughs> now, is that why you say attitude and mindset? Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Interesting. Yep. Uh, that uh, they... Uh, I'll, I'll beat the odds. Uh, I can't help but smirk at least internally when somebody says well i know we're losing money on every sale but we'll make up for it in volume uh no <laughs> you have a greater volume lose money in every sale you're going to be out of business very quick uh right and that's where proper costing and pricing is mm-hmm. important to the sustainability and profitability so i said well i got a brother-in-law that i i buy all this from well, see that brother-in-law giving you the best price for whatever the uh, cost of sales expenses uh, that you're, you're incurring. If not, I mean, that's why they say, you know, it's often wise not to go into business with family or friends mm-hmm. because uh, those relationships uh, can't often withstand. And uh, once again, the ego comes into the picture. Right. Uh, can't withstand the business conversations and decisions that have to be made. Right. Now, what would you say are some of the traits that business owners who succeed actually have? What are some of their habits that you could say that um, contribute to their success? Open mindedness. Mm -hmm. Finding the positive in others. Hmm. Accepting the fact they don't have all the answers. Right. Still be working long after others have stopped working for the day mm-hmm. or the week. Uh, having a good relationship with an attorney, an accountant, and a banker. <laughs> okay. An attorney, an accountant, and a banker. Is that right? Correct. Okay. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and those three individuals, if it has, if there is a good relationship, mm-hmm. and what qualifies, in my opinion, as being a good relationship, are each of those three different professionals understanding small business operations. Mm. Uh, if because there's distinctly the, the small business, it, it's there's pluses and, and minuses. You can implement things faster. As a smaller business, you don't have to wait uh, a month and a half or a year and a half for decision to be made by umpteen number of committees. Uh, here's the circumstances. Make a decision. Give it a try. Now, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, try plan B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, uh, that, that makes a tremendous difference in the operations of a business and even when it comes to uh selling the business as well okay now george question for you can you walk us through what it's like for someone to work with you in terms of the services that you actually offer what does that look like okay uh someone that very first step uh contacts us and says they're thinking about selling the business Mm mm-hmm very first question is why Mm. and I urge them to be open I urge them to share with us uh, things they've never shared with anyone else Mm. because if we don't know what the reality is we can't help them in the best way that we can okay so if it's why that's the first step is coming to an understanding why they're saying what they're saying about selling the business. Now, uh, let's assume I would go back and I think of one case in particular that uh, a fellow was nearing uh, 65. Mm -hmm. This was a number of years ago, so he's considerably older now, but uh, nearing 65, and he wanted to be able to spend more time. He had a nice business for a number of years, and it's just he was ready to enter the new phase of his life. And this goes back to the early on vetting to understand why that person wants to sell their mm-hmm. particular business. Mm-hmm. So then uh, let's assume that we negotiate fees, etc. cetera. Uh, then we ask for them to supply us with five years worth of uh, financial statements, mm-hmm. balance sheet, P&L, and cash flow statement. They really do need to be generated by an outside consultant. Mm-hmm. Depending on the size of the business, uh, there may or may not be one, but uh, uh, there's compilations, there's reviews, and there's audits in terms of three levels of category uh, audit normally isn't necessary for the normal small business. A compilation is often what's occurred, and what that means is the accountant simply put together financial statements based on the information the business owner supplied. A mm-hmm. review is where the accountant has done the same thing, but uh, looks at the information and adds comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an audit primarily, you know, if it's a publicly traded business, uh, and everything has to be 
down perfectly, then that's what's, that level is done there. But for small business owners, compilation and audit. Uh, and then we ask for a complete list of their employees, who they consider to be key employees, because mm-hmm. part of the value of the business may be uh, that there is one, two or three employees, depending on the size of the business, mm-hmm. that may have been with the business owner from the start. Well, that can mean one of two things. Mm-hmm. If they were with the business owner from the start, it may mean that they're getting close to retirement as well. So if they were to stick around, the, their value can be like this. But if there's a probability that they're going to retire in a couple of years, their mm-hmm. value goes down. Mm-hmm. Right. Th- things to be taken. Now, one of the key things, and goes back to attitude, about selling a business is maintaining an extremely high level of confidentiality. Mm. Having anybody who uh, represents a business for sale but treats it like a real estate transaction is going to fail. Mm. Uh, Why? Because if uh, suppliers get uh, a sense that the business is going to be sold, they don't know who the new business owner is going to be, they may tighten up the payment demands. Mm. Customers may go, well, if they're not going to be around, I'm going to buy the product and it doesn't work right, who am I going to call? Right. Employees may go, hey, I, I don't know who the new boss was going to be. I like this one. I've worked for this one for a whole bunch of years. Mm. Uh, I love being here. And that person may be very critical to the success of the business based on the, their career core competencies, Mm -hmm. they may leave as well. Breaching confidentiality and just not paying any attention to it at all will uh, uh, have determinedly detrimental effects on uh, the business being sold. Right. Right. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in terms of the process, uh, the reason for asking for all that information about employees, equipment, uh, financial history is we put together what we call business analysis and review. Essentially, it's a uh, reverse engineered document that a uh, once somebody, a buyer has been vetted and they've signed a non-disclosure agreement, uh, then this is shared with them. Mm-hmm. We help with uh, we help the buyer prepare an offer. We present the offer and, and offers. In one case, we presented three offers and three different buyers to the one business owner in one day. He ended mm-hmm. up going with one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we help the buyer and seller in their negotiations. Mm-hmm. Oh, that uh, and. I'm going to share this with you. Don't let me forget to come back and address it. Total value versus the purchase price. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we help in negotiations. We often, uh, let's assume there's a meeting of the minds. Then we work with the uh, buyer and seller's attorneys and accountants with their prior approval. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we often mediate a closing. And the closings can be done in some cases less than an hour. And the longest one ended after eight and a half hours. Uh, but most of them, it's uh, somewhere between two and four hours, depending on the complexity of the business. 
Now, uh, coming back to the price of the business versus the value of the package, haven't forgotten your when don't they want a business (laughs) broker question, Uh, is that based on tax ramifications, somebody says, well, I I want half a million dollars all cash. Mm -hmm. Let's say that there's a buyer that can do that and not even break a sweat. Mm -hmm. What's Uncle Sam going to do with a good chunk of that money? Right. Thank you very much. Right? Right. Whereas if it's structured in such a way that maybe that's paid off over a period of years, mm-hmm. then they, the business owner or owners, will end up with more dollars ultimately than if they took a big chunk. Mm. Right. Uh, one of the most creative aspects of one of the transactions that I was a professional intermediary for uh, both the buyer and seller were in my office and they got talking about uh, they'd gone to the same college but a few years apart mm-hmm. started comparing notes about professors mm-hmm. and at uh, some point in conversation the uh, uh, one of the buyer said he literally had a brother-in-law in the car business of the type of car that the seller liked Hmm. The relevance of that is part of the value of that particular transaction mm-hmm. is that the buyer, through his brother-in-law, is going to supply the seller with a fully loaded vehicle of the, of the brand that he, he liked uh, every two years. Hmm. And that the value of that was different for each side. The value, the seller took that as what it would be if he went and negotiated his own deal. Mm -hmm. Whereas the buyer, it wasn't costing the buyer the full value. They were happy as larks. Hmm. And that was a good portion, uh, not a, I don't, it was a portion Mm -hmm. uh, of, I I think, one thing that uh, allowed them to shake hands and embrace each other at the closing. Because mm-hmm. they, they felt good about it and they liked the way that they were creative about that. So the total value of the purchase package mm-hmm. is more important than the sale price of the business and, and how it gets paid. And that's where it comes right back. In that particular case, uh, the accountant can be, uh, and I'm going to expand this. I've said for many years, a good attorney and a good accountant are worth more than their weight in gold. Hmm. What qualifies them as being good is they understand small businesses. So uh, in this particular scenario that I've mentioned about total value versus price, the accountant can make a big difference in terms of how the deal is structured. So it it sounds like when you mentioned accountants, dog, that you want to make sure that the accountant is familiar. Sounds like with these types of transactions in particular with, uh, with, with small businesses. Yes. Okay, so you're, are you saying that any accountant that basically does taxes for small businesses are probably, uh, is that who you're referring to, is the question? If I'm understanding your question correctly, the short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Again, that they're familiar 
with small business operations. Okay. Uh, because you get into the large corporations, it's a different world. Right. Uh, and small business is uh, a world unto itself. Now, in terms of uh, when uh, somebody doesn't need a business broker, that's where the uh, consulting side of what I do kicks in. Okay. That they may need to, you know, they may come in saying, I need to sell my business. Why do you need to sell your business? It's just not going well, and I don't know what else to do. They're doing it out of desperation. They've lost hope. Mm-hmm. Well, then I put on my consultant hat and take off my broker hat mm-hmm. and uh, ask them for essentially essentially uh, the same type of information because the numbers don't lie. Right. Assuming, uh, assuming there's a high degree of accuracy of the numbers, mm-hmm. numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. So then... Uh, you know, if somebody has a sales team and they're closing uh, one sale out of a hundred <laughs> the, the contacts uh, or, or the people expressing initial interest, no, the the ratio is ten three one. Ten people expressing interest, uh, three expressed uh, further interest. One of those people will buy. Mm-hmm. I even tested that out myself, and uh, so I thought I I beat that formula. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, and I've heard it said by many people many times over the years, uh, that 10 one ratio. So uh, if they're, uh, uh, if all they need to do is maybe change how they're doing, what they're doing in one or two areas of the business, and I like to just call them tweaks, business tweaks. That can make a world of difference of them going to bed and sleeping for two hours every night or getting a good night's sleep every single night. Right. Uh, and But sometimes, uh, you know, it, somebody gets tied up in the day-to-day aspects uh, that sometimes they may feel that they're so far on the bottom that they look, they have to look up to actually see bottom, but they feel they're Right. Mm-hmm. If we can give them a breath of fresh air, uh, let them know and with solid, substantiated reason that there is hope, and that uh, we then we help people on the consulting side determine what the real challenge is—not the perceived challenge, but what the real challenge is. Mm. What the options are that are available to them. Help them choose the one that's best for them, and then we work shoulder to shoulder with them. Mm-hmm. helping them implement whatever the decision is that they've made. Awesome. Uh, so that is there, given the two areas of services, uh, if one is not needed, the other one is. Right. Gotcha. So we're coming in for a landing here. Uh, we're just about done. Before we go, I'm going to ask you what I ask every person on this show is this is why I need you to open up your treasure chest <laughs> of secrets and share with our audience if you would sir um what are the top three things that our listeners can do starting tomorrow i want to say to better structure their businesses so that when they get ready to start thinking about selling it what it is that they can do now so that this is not as difficult 
you know, later on? What are three areas? Let me ask like that. What are three areas of businesses or things that they can do in those three areas to help them start, you know, moving towards the ability, having the ability to sell later? Not wanting to be overly succinct. Number one, open your mind. Number two, clean up the books. Number three, clean up your assets. And what's meant by the third one is if uh, there's a building uh, and they've been operating in it for a number of years, fresh coat of paint. It's not being deceptive. It's just looking nicer. It's it's curb appeal for a business. Uh, And likewise, cleaning up the books, it may be just making sure that they're current. Uh, If they have an outside consultant, uh, to pull that consultant into their confidence about what they're considering doing. And uh, let's say that there's uh, on the balance sheet, there's too many receivables and too many receivables over 90 days. Hmm. Uh, depending on what percent of the receivables is over 90 days, that hmm. could be a negative. Well, either write it off the books or take action to collect those receivables uh, so the balance sheet looks healthier. So that's what's meant by uh, clean up the records, uh, clean up the finances, same category, clean up uh, assets. If something isn't, uh, if something looks too new, too clean, means it's not being used properly. But it just, it, it could be cleaned up looking a bit better. Uh, if there's uh, stuff on the floor, if it's a production facility, somebody, a potential buyer may be extremely conscious about accidents. If there's something laying on the floor that could be perceived as being an accident waiting to happen, clean right. it up. If there's trash laying around, or maybe they put something out back, the broken pieces of equipment or stuff they just never had picked up, get rid of it. Just make it look nicer. So, uh, open the mind, clean up the books, clean up the assets. Interesting. It's interesting because you think that these are things <laughs> that we kind of would do anyway. <laughs> but it sounds like that's not always the case. So are there that's any correct. types of tools or softwares that you recommend um, that you would like to use or you like to recommend to your clients that you would recommend to us now? Well, uh, ideally, I get, it falls in a couple of different categories. Uh, ideally, it's having that solid relationship with an attorney, an accountant, and a banker. Uh, short of that, have a good relationship with an accountant. Uh, and I have no affiliation with QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. I have over the years been a user of QuickIn and QuickBooks. And there are other uh, equally comparably effective programs that are off the shelf that there's uh, ad- some adaptability and there's some of these pro- accounting and uh, financial programs that are tailored to a specific type of business. I'd say check into that uh, and answer your question about what programs could they use. So because the numbers are very key to a business operation. Mm-hmm. In many ways, that could cause this conversation to go on for hours longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, you know, business writing, have uh, I, I use MS Doc uh, mm-hmm. that uh, the Microsoft wheat of programs is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Excel spreadsheets, there's a lot of magic you can do 
with both those programs. Right. And if you're not comfortable in how the magic could be performed, uh, go talk to your neighbor's kid who's 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They, they got to figure it out already. Uh, so that it is uh, because in business writing, uh, one of the things you can do, there's a setting on Microsoft Word that if somebody's core competency is not grammar and punctuation, mm-hmm. but they want to put forth a professional image, mm-hmm. depending on what it is that they're doing, uh, that uh, there are settings where the program can do it themselves. And also uh, with Excel, uh, you can make that pretty much do whatever you want it to make within reason. And there's many built-in Mac micros and macros uh, for certain functionalities mm-hmm. that uh, uh, you hit the old question mark up in the corner and it gives you directions. Other than that, again, go talk to the 10-year-old kid and neighbor's 10-year-old kid. <laughs> right. Uh, so they, they, they're, they're always a good source. Exactly. Well, that's just about it, guys. Before we go, George, how can the listeners get in contact with you, sir? Uh, they can get in contact with me by uh, sending me an email, which is George Scott at Business Consulting Solutions LLC.com. Awesome. And uh, the phone number is 517 515 1701. I'm on a number of different. Uh, social platforms you go in and type in my name and see this old guy with glasses and <laughs> and uh uh you, you know they're in the right place but I, I again i i thank you for the opportunity to uh share the steps and, and expectations with the business owners uh, who end up listening to this and i uh I, I wish everyone well and i'm extremely grateful for the opportunity you provided today. Thank you. Thank you, you, sir. So folks, there you have it. Uh, This is definitely, I think, huge. The sooner I believe that if you do nothing else, but educate yourself, you know, from 30,000 feet as to what we talked about today with George, if you're just starting out in business, I think you will be very much ahead of the game. You know, this is why I wanted George here. And, you know, this is something that you're eventually probably not going to want to do on your own. And one of the things that I think that we just keep hearing over and over again by the different professionals that we've had on the show is that you guys need to seek some help. You know, I always talk about YouTube and that's great, but what George has here is literally priceless. This is what I call nuance. I know you guys are tired of hearing that term, but the nuance that he has you can't get off of you. You can't get off of YouTube, guys. Can't stress that enough. So definitely reach out to George if you got questions or if you have, you know, any type of concerns with maybe you want to sell your business. Maybe you are further along the way and you're thinking about it. Now's the time to reach out to George so that he can help you with those things. So, folks, if you are listening to this on the podcast, George's contact information will be, of course, in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, it'll be there, too. We also have his contact information pretty much everywhere to make sure that you can get in contact with Mr. George Scott. So 
folks, without further ado, thank you so much. God bless. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.